Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Voice Spark Live, the late, late, late show of the Voice First community. I am, as always, your host, Nick, followed by Ben, Emily, AJ, and Julia typing. No, that's Ben typing. Ben no. typing. <laughs> so, with that being I'm said, oh. so with that being said, uh, let's go ahead and uh, kick it over to some people and uh, see what's going on in this Voice First com- this community we call Voice First. Emily, what's up? What do you got? Yeah, so um, a couple days ago, there was an article about a voice actor named uh, Bev Standing that's suing TikTok for using mm-hmm. her voice uh, without her permission for the t- text-to-speech. That was not him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is, um, one of, I guess, one of the main questions going to be finding out where TikTok obtained her voice from because she definitely mm-hmm. didn't give them permission for that. So uh, it'll be interesting to follow it and see see how it turns out. Yeah, I, I thought this was pretty interesting too because this goes back to uh, one of the, uh, a podcast I was just on, uh, the, Vo- the VO Boss podcast. Mm. And uh, they talked about how are we going to, uh, as an industry, uh, limit the use of somebody's voice, even through synthetic uh, means, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, there was other articles that came out this week that talked about how, um, you know, this is the woman that Alexa was was uh, framework yeah. after, and yeah, this, that was cool. know, this is the woman that Siri was framework after. So yeah. how are you going to um, uh, not only adequately reimburse these people for their time and their voice, but also make sure that it's not used in a, uh, um, you know, compromising manner. Exactly. Oh, if For you sure. put on the internet, I think you have to expect at some point. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely does. It, it definitely happens. I'm, I, you awesome. know, I think. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, I'm thinking about like you know anyone that's been in in New York City. Everyone knows the voice of the MTA, right? It's that mm-hmm. same, same voice, which is strangely the same voice of the the airport in um, in uh, in Las Vegas as well. So it's very very well known voice. But uh, but yeah, hey, oh hey guys, some people chiming in. How are you guys doing? But uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it, it's how do you? At what point does that that voice become public domain? And then and then at the same time, you know, how how does it how does it become uh, you know? How do, how do we compensate those people if, if, if it's not, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a tricky question, but I don't know. I think the guy that comes on tonight might be able to uh, maybe answer that question. Yeah. And like, how do we prevent that from happening in the future too? Yes. And that's, For sure. Yeah, that's really important to figure out. Yeah. It's, a, sure. it's definitely an interesting chicken to pluck as yes. they say on the farm. <laughs> what do they say on the boat? What do they say on the boat? What do they say on the boat? Yeah. Yeah. What do they say on the boat? You don't want to know. <laughs> uh, okay, that's right. That's right. This is a family. This is a family show. Right? Too long at sea. <laughs> hey, I only did. I only did it for three years. That was enough for me. I I, I, I equated it to prison. I said, you know, if you could survive that, you could survive just about anything. Um, <laughs> Julia, what do you think about this TikTok? I'm not on TikTok, but this whole thing is pretty wild to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't get TikTok anyhow. Like, I mean, I get the idea of you know. You know, it's backed by the Chinese government. They're spying on us. Blah, blah. I mean, I get all that, but I just don't get like the whole like make a sixty-second video. I it, it just doesn't register with me. So, but um, but no, I think it's a shame that this happened, and and uh, I hope that this woman gets reimbursed because TikTok's a huge company, and they should be reimbursing people if yeah. But you guys like know, happens. you guys know now that with the uh, 
you can go, geez, to a GitHub repo and then uh, download. Uh, you, you could basically download a model that will make a, a human model from 30 second recording of a person. Wow. I, I did that with a friend of mine who passed away who left me a voice message. That was the only thing I'd left. So hey, it's, hey. it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I'll, we'll talk it's about scary, it. Totally fun, but it's cool. No, it's cool. It's cool, <laughs> but just that's the level of technology we're at right now. So, and what Emily's point was, was that we're talking with somebody tonight that's actually thinking ahead to those issues. Because I know sure. some, I have a publishing company. Also, I'm a composer as well. So I have some insights onto um, what copyright law is. And there's some, some there's it's property. So as Ben was touching on, once something becomes part of the the consciousness at large, like the look of Campbell's soup or a politician's appearance, those things become actually public domain. So it's actually kind of interesting to see how yeah. it turns out. Well, yeah, that, and that was my question. Like, how much of the public domain is this woman's voice out there? That's right. How much of it is mm -hmm. it? Um, I, I don't necessarily know. I mean, obviously, it's going to be some type of a judge or judgment or, or, or whatnot that's, that's going to have to happen um, to, 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 to see, see what transpires out of this. But uh, this is really fascinating. I mean, and, and obviously, you know, Emily, great for picking this up because, I mean, TikTok is so new. It's super relevant to, you know, the discussion right now as far as tech goes across the board. So, I mean, this is a really interesting story. We'll, we'll follow follow this one definitely i'm going to populate that into the chat for everybody who is watching they can go ahead and take a look at that and so we're just going to go on down the line aj yeah i did i have a i have an anecdote uh that has Ooh, to do with I like yeah this has to do with uh, this morning i woke up and i said uh hey what time is it she said 9 45 and i said oh shit and she says I have not been equipped with that functionality. <laughs> that is what she said. So I thought that was hilarious. That ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba. Well, but you know what though? It's weird. I, every now and then I get, I, I'll get little nuggets like that of gold. Right. I'm like, wait, what? What did you just say? Right. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, Ben. I, I said thank you to somebody else off in the distance and the mic was still open. And she came back and was like, hey, no problem. I'm like, <laughs> almost. You're almost there. Um, oh, she should. you're saying that Amazon should vo voice profile people better. No. So they would know who. Yes. Yes. Okay. Like, I'm talking, if I'm talking to my wife and I say something. They, they should keep those up. records on everybody. Okay. Yeah, keep well, you those know what, records. It's the only way to solve that annoyance. What's weird is every now and then, you know, we'll get the, we'll get, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> What's weird is every now and then uh, she'll say, okay, cat, which is short, sh really short for my wife's name, Catherine. Because I say that, that as her name. Right. She picks up on that, right? Yeah, we wow. talked about this, AJ. And then yes. she'll recognize me every now and then. Okay, Ben. It's it's it's, it's kind of freaky, right, but right. It's that means cool, that it was it was sort of like appropriated from a conversation that was overheard. Because sure. that is not a typical uh, concatenation of Catherine. Right. Exactly. It isn't. Absolutely. So it's surprising Crazy. that there'd be like, so maybe that's like, maybe we're all like, have been invited to like the beta labs because we're in the space. So maybe Amazon just like said, ah, you know, they're in the space, <laughs> you know, so uh, let's just invite them to participate in some stuff. We'll talk about it later. Make my smart house smarter, please. Okay. Make it yeah. so smart that it's stupid. Yeah, so it will overthink itself. Like uh, the answer is forty-two. Yeah. <laughs> so, Julia, what do you got going on this week? You got any news yeah. or anything? 
Um, yeah, I was reading about how Ford is now going to embed Alexa on their cars starting, I don't know about immediately, but they're going to, I think it's 2023. They're also going to add Google Assistant um, into their Ford cars. So like Ford and I'm sure a few other car companies are starting to add Alexa into could you, everything. <laughs> could you imagine what that's going to be like? Like you go... You're sitting there, you're like, okay, hon, we got this car picked out. It's the exact same. It's the perfect one we want. And then they're like, well, that's the Alexa model. <laughs> It'll yeah. take you three no. weeks for the Google Assistant. <laughs> it's a deciding factor. Like, I, if anyone else, else out there. Yeah, your gas is not to... compatible with your car. It's this Google only car. <laughs> it's a Google only car. I don't yeah. want it. <laughs> if anyone knows how to install firmware for for the a lady if on, it was an um, apple car there would not be any keyholes or any seats or right there'll be only one door so that's right that's and it'll, it'll, one it'll, be, in, able, and it'll no be able to find door. articles for you it'll be able to find articles for you all the time like yeah. i, I found an article that in the trunk when you buy it yeah. could you imagine if apple made it made a, a smart car it'd be like take me to the post office yeah. and it would take you to oh, the wow. police station <laughs> yeah. it would <laughs> Every yeah, time. Siri didn't know that there was a post office in Twin Falls. You're like, I sorry, I didn't find a, a post office in Twin Falls, Idaho. Okay, all right. I guess we'll just uh, Google it. I I'll tell you what, I do I do love beating up on them about the whole smart assistant thing. I mean, after reinventing the 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 cell phone, it's like it's almost kind of like no. it's due to them. You yeah, know what I mean? It's also because they built a UFO shaped building. Right. In the meantime. I think that thing could take off. I think it could take off. It's 42, man. I think they're going to square root of negative pi. You ever see Interstellar? Think about it. Of course. All right. So moving on, um, I got another thing that I wanted to talk about here. Oh, no, that's big. Just zoom in on. Yeah, just zoom in on. There you go. So they released the new Echo Show 5s and Echo Show 8s. Did you guys get a chance to see these? Yeah. I mean, the article. Yeah, I saw the article. Yeah. So from what I can tell, they're the exact same form factor. They're just a little bit more expensive, right? They have a little bit better hardware on it, right? Yeah. yeah. So the if you look at two of them side by side, you're going to be like, okay, there's nothing different. But this little bezel up here where this like little uh, rectangle is mm -hmm. uh, right above the ve bezel, the that, mm -hmm. yes, that is where your camera's at. But this camera is very different because if you're FaceTiming with somebody and like say you lean back, it will it, it's going to compensate for that and if you zoom in it'll compensate for that and it'll try to keep it'll just you just keep your face at the same so you look yeah. like one of those oh, like wow. movies where the camera's yeah. like right in front of the actor wherever they move it will try <laughs> to do that so yeah. um but yeah it's it, it's kind of cool and there's a big jump um like you could see right here on the echo show 8 it goes from a whopping well, 1 megapixel one to, to 13 a whopping, yeah megapixel wow. yeah so you do get that. Um, and then down here, I like I don't know about the kids edition shows. Like I get it, I get the concept, but I don't know about it. I, I gotta see I gotta see stats on it. And I also gotta see like if I went out and bought an Echo Show five, is there really a difference between that and the kids edition? Mm. You know what I mean? Like didn't they sure. do that with uh the dot? I think yeah, they, they had did. a kids edition. Yeah. Right, but then right, it right. I guess they Got rid can, of it. Well, here's the other thing too. Can you unkidify it? 
like mm. or if it's once a kid edition always a kid edition like adults only mode on the kids edition device <laughs> yeah exactly oh, boy. <laughs> these are profound questions nick these are just <laughs> the, I, they, they are i like really. that ad right there that's trying to like entice you to press play to listen to uh, uh, to mark zuckerberg, zuckerberg. <laughs> like, oh, look, there's, some audio playing. there's some audio you might be missing it oh man <laughs> Uh, Tim, um, was there any other uh, any other deeper things on the hardware though? The, was there no, any like, processor speed updates or anything like probably. that? You know? no, yeah, it, probably. No, a lot of a lot of the stuff was under the hood. Um, and, uh, cosmetically, it's exactly the same, but under the hood, that's that's the American report. Things. That's the way they they report things to Americans because Americans don't care uh, about things unless they care about them. But yeah, sure enough, they're going to put some hardware improvements in there. That's right. No, I, that's my feeling because I see that all. It's different if you go like a Canadian or German. You know, you see a lot more specs on articles. Oh. Americans just tend to be like, "How many cameras are there?" More cameras. There's five cameras in the Echo Show Five. What? That's right. That's, one. That's, that's why there's the numbers there. Right? Yep, that represents how many cameras are in the actual device. Uh, <laughs> so Emily and Julie did not appreciate that. They're like. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like <laughs> They're like old oh, cool. dudes trying to be funny, not funny. Yeah, but uh, wah, wah. Um, all right. So tonight yeah. we have a very special guest. We actually yes. have Ian Utili that's going to be joining us from Attention.Live. So I'm super excited to have him and on the, voice the show. Then. And the Voice Den with Terry Fisher. Dr. And the Voice Influencer Show with Terry Fisher. And uh, so here is Ian Utili. Oh, Ian, how's it going? Yes, there he goes. Hello, my friend. <laughs> what are you doing? That's awesome. What do you got this there? Is, Camera set up. This is uh, an NFT. I have okay. a T-shirt, and the artist Josie, she made it augmented reality. Oh, this is wow. She actually made this in 2018 when I interviewed her at uh, NFNYC, and she used the Bitcoin white paper, U.S. dollars, acrylic. So she made a physical art piece that made an NFT from it. And so she's one of the most well-known NFT artists. And so I thought that was a fun thing to show all of them. Wow. So that's why I pulled it up. Well, that fits, that fits right into the game plan for tonight because Ben has a slew of novice NFT questions he wants to ask you. He's got like 12 of them at least. But the first thing off the bat is there's a, probably a reason why the camera is facing back at us, right? Yeah. Are you, are you streaming right now? Right now? One more time. Siri uh, got called up on my, on my computer. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> okay. Well, we, we don't know anything about Siri misbehaving. Yeah. So, uh, with that being said, Ian, wh uh, what is going on? I hear some rumblings that there is uh, some sort of conference in the works, and I was wondering if you can give us the lowdown on that. I can't wait to, but let me first talk about Bev. So, Bev, Bev. the story you just covered, she mm -hmm. jumped into uh, our happy hour of voice at the voice den today. No way! About synthetic voice uh -huh. and the human voice. So this is something that Terry and I do together. And Terry brought Bev up on stage. It was her first time ever being on Clubhouse. This is literally an hour ago. She jumps on stage and a bunch of her friends and advocates that are voiceover actors and lawyers and everybody's jumping in and encouraging her and saying, it's so good you're staying up for yourself and the whole story's being told. 
It yeah. was really fascinating. So it was very, very cool to see that that was the very first thing that you covered today because it's relevant. And it got me thinking about this is why I put on this T-shirt, right? It's why I pulled up, you know, the, the reason why I kind of start with all this is because it's all relevant in terms of what NFT and voice technology can do to serve voiceover artists and actors and those that represent them in the same way that these technologies like NFTs, as an example, have served artists in Josie's case, right? A traditional yeah. artist who now has, I mean, it's really incredible what she's been able to do as an NFT artist. So yeah, anyways, I thought that would be very relevant. But you asked about other things that are going on. That's a very broad question. I mean, I think <laughs> yeah, a lot of things that are going on. What you, specifically should I talk about? VoiceCon. Well, VoiceCon Live. Voice yeah, VoiceCons. Okay. Well, so here we last, go. Yeah, go ahead. Voice Let me hear it. VoiceCon Live is going to be a very exciting uh, event on Clubhouse. So our friend Lisa and many of her education uh, leaders in the globe, they all came together and they did a, a conference called Educate. And with that conference, they had 170 speakers, 25,000 people attended the event. It was a community run event. And so Terry and I got talking with Lisa and we decided let's do VoiceCon. And the really exciting thing for the voice industry is that Terry and I, we're friends with all of the folks that run voice events and have voice newsletters and do voice shows like yourself. So we just said, hey, let's all participate and be part of this. And we've yep. reached out to, to you and to folks like Pete at Voice and Bradley over at Project Voice and many, many others. And people are excited about it, right? The yep. Voice Lunch guys, they're excited about, hey, let's do this on Clubhouse. So on July 29th at 9 a.m. Pacific time, so we can kind of cover most uh, of the time zones. We'll start on Thursday. We'll end Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific time. And then we're just going to have people go to all of you watching live. I need you to go to voicespark.live and apply to be a speaker. Get involved. Find out about it. And uh, it's going to be a fun time. We're going to listen to the input of folks like you and our other partners and those that are speakers. We're inviting sponsors to uh, help guide us and, part and participate and benefit from it. And so mm -hmm. a lot of exciting things around that. We're also using, uh, well, there's a, there's so many things I could tell you. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to I'm, I'm rein it back in. Sure. Ask what else I can Okay, so he's going to hand it back out to us. That's exciting. That's oh. exciting. When I when I got the message uh, that that we we were invi invited invited to participate, boy, that that was exciting. That really hit home for me. Yeah, so uh, that was exciting. Thank we you. We were guys. we were super pumped awesome. about it. Super pumped. Exactly. Super pumped. So, um, yeah. Hey, Nigel. Good day to you too, sir. Yes, he's I know. I really wanted to pull Nigel in with us. I was telling Nigel. I'm like, Nigel is one of the most. <laughs> It, you know, he's he's using our product in a really awesome way at Attention Live, right? Mm -hmm. So at Attention Live, we created what we call the Sonic Streaming. Platform. It's a whole new category. Nobody's really doing what we're doing. And a couple of things that are unique is you just go to one place, right? You just go to the Attention Live app, on, you know, the Progressive Web app on any device, and you broadcast your voice everywhere. So mm -hmm. voice locations like Amazon's Echo devices, uh, social media sites like YouTube, and then you can do one place for mass distribution and analytics. So you can find out how people are engaging. And then we also have been creating NFTs against each of these live podcasts so that people can protect their intellectual property, say this belongs to me, and also monetize that automated because NFTs remove friction 
they remove middlemen, and they automate the ability for the sale of that intellectual property or the leasing of that intellectual property. Very, very exciting future ahead for uh, guys like Nigel and people like Dr. Terry Fisher have been setting the tone for what's possible uh, along with our team. So I I see you there. (laughs) I have a question about um, NFTs and if a situation like Bev's would maybe have been prevented uh, if um, it was like on a platform like decentralized tech. So Bev's situation is very unique Mm -hmm. and I have a lot of respect for her and the people that she's brought around her and the fact that it's now being talked about. That's what's most important because we have to tackle these issues. I can just say going forward, um, if a voiceover artist, they built a great smart contract and that contract protected their intellectual property of their synthetic or voice assistant that's created from them with AI, like it was with Bev's voice for TikTok, if they were to create an NFT against that, and if they were to have the work done themselves, let's say they hire a vocal ID, Rupal's company, right? They hire her to make the voice, now they have it, and then they have a smart contract and it just has triggers. So if somebody wants to lease or license that non-exclusive, for a specific project, there's a way that that can be facilitated without having to have lawyers and agents because you already built the contract. And I think it gets very exciting in terms of how a voiceover artist in Dev's case can empower lots and lots of creators to leverage machine learning, which we call AI, with her, you know, call it synthetic voice, that's what the news will call it, or, you know, Rupa likes to call it a voice assistant, and to make that available to TikTok creators where they can start picking and choosing like what they want. And then the person that created that content gets paid in perpetuity because all the friction is removed. So it's not just about art being collectible. It's about case uses that, you know, fix the digital supply chain. I don't know, Ian, it sounds too easy. I don't think the Fed's gonna like it. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Well, I would have to say that the United States, Russia, China have a lot um, to lose with blockchain success. Yeah, and oh, I agree. If they, were, if they were ever going to attempt to stop it, I think that time has come and passed. So at yes. this point, it's just a matter of time before the distributed ledger ends up permeating all of society, like cloud servers have permeated all of society, like before that servers in conferences rooms and in homes permeate society before that it was ink on paper before that it was carving wood this is yep, just the new way like, to keep yours yeah they permeate it it just they're better than what came before it right yeah that's awesome i, I think that's cool ben give me one of those novice questions you're on mute brother <laughs> you're on mute. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i haven't been uh heard this all time. That's cool. Uh, anyway, yeah. um, is there an NFT for the mute button, please? Um, no, nevertheless, uh, my, I guess my question is that, you know, I, you know, I come from like the old school, you know, you know, you see these licensing agreements, you know, whether it's stock, et cetera, that are basically uh, up for, you know, whether it's, you know, um, uh, you know, rights managed or if it's, um, you know, um, you know, uh, basically like the, the traditional kind of like stock photography or stock video or stock, anything that kind of comes out, you know, you have those agreements and licenses. 
is this is this a way for for users or people to be able to do this themselves on their own own accord, or is it is it you know is this kind of like explain it to those people that are kind of just getting started out in, in whatever it is they're doing, whether it be voice, whether it be photography, video, art, etc. How do they like how do they go about licensing this for themselves, and how do they empower themselves through it? So a couple resources, you know, uh, Alex and Devin, they launched the first NFT marketplace, OpenSea, and they wrote something called the NFT Bible. Fantastic resource. Uh, Alex and Devin partnered with Jody and Cameron over at NFT.cred. I encourage you to check out NFT.kred. And uh, those two organizations, and I, I helped them in the beginning and still do today, we launched NFT NYC. And that is kind of the super conference that brings you all across the globe. So we do that again in October. We created a manual at NFT NYC. So NFT.NYC, there's a great manual. We continually update that. And there's many people that are putting, oh, you know what? Our white paper, go to Attention Live. There's a white paper. It's video. You know what? Why don't you guys tell people about the white paper? <laughs> you checked it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've listened to I've listened to uh, uh, Attention.Live's white paper twice. It's very, very nice. Um, it goes into... Uh, a huge amount of uh, covers a huge amount of subjects. It's all actually personally narrated, read by Mr. Utility here, and uh, it, it it talks about the problems and solutions. Looking forward, um, it talks about the platform. Uh, some of the things I thought were really interesting is empowering the creation of a DAC. So, can you tell me what the DAC stands for once again? Yeah, a decentralized autonomous community. That yes. would be our creators and the people that consume the live podcasts. Mm. We would be a decentralized autonomous organization. So there's a DAO for a corporation like Attention Live, and there's a DAC for the community, the clients that we serve. Thank and so you. this is the future of how things will be built because the market will simply demand it. There won't really be an option of having Clubhouse 20 years from now because it's a centralized top-down decision-making, right? Just like right. Facebook and YouTube. And these are wonderful resources. Look, we're using these resources right now with YouTube right. and with other platforms. So they're wonderful, but they're not the future. The future is organizations that adopt a DAO structure where, of course, they're capitalists. They're here to make money. They're here to grow businesses. They're here to employ people, but also they structure things where, where it can be decentralized, where it can be autonomized, where there can be trust baked in, where you can automate. You do those things. Okay. Then, so I'm going to, I'm going to summarize there. So the DAC this is to answer your question, Ben. The DAC would end up being the marketplace. That would be the direct communication between the content creators, what their terms are, and then people who buy it, the DAC. And then the DAO would be replacing the uh, publishing companies, replacing the attorneys, replacing the websites that try to like license, like uh, uh, what is it, TuneCore and those other. So that's, that's yeah. kind of, yeah. Okay. Okay, and so you know, with with that, so what there would be that that marketplace would that be host that would be through the web through through any any kind of basically you know any kind of outlet whether it be an application or, or anything of that nature and you would have basically these open markets. I mean, it's kind of like uh, you know I'm an I'm an old school trader I guess, but I'm also you know hit that the age where the electronic you know digital uh, trade started happening too at the same time. So you know we have this public forum to be able to trade openly more or less in that in, in that in that way, correct? Yes. Okay. Cool. Hey, continue. That sounds great. Julia, yeah. Okay. I'll, 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 give you a couple, I'll give you a couple oh, examples. Yeah. So mm -hmm. one is Steam. So Steam yes. is just like Reddit, 
except for Steam has a DAC, a decentralized autonomous mm. community. And if people like the articles that are posted, then they basically provide Steam to that content creator. And it's a decentralized autonomous you know, community that they're all exchanging nano and micro compensation or content to one another, right? right. And then Brave is another okay. example where Brave is basically created those that use the Brave browser instead of Chrome or instead of Safari or Edge or sure. whatever, Firefox, they use Brave and Brave basically gives them some of the advertising dollars that come through the browser. So there's ways that Brave is approaching it as a DAO with the basic attention token, basically compensating the community for their attention mm -hmm. and influence them. And there's a DAC in Steam. And these are long standing. These, you know, I found out about these 2017, 18 is when we started to investigate these as models. Um, I'm curious. Uh, I know there are a lot of benefits to it, but I, I was wondering what the disadvantages are. Yeah, there's always got to be a negative spin to it. Nothing's yeah, well, it's, it's very, very early. So anything mm -hmm. ha having to do with distributed ledger, any, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Bitcoin or Ethereum, it, you know, which are the tokens that are mm -hmm. very different than every other token. And then mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it's a, a new, like basic attention token I already mentioned, right? Or Steam, mm -hmm. I already mentioned. Some of these, they're not really seen as currency. They're more utility tokens than anything else, right? Now, gotcha. what's, the down, what's the downside? Because it's so early, um, it's a wild, wild west. And if people are not careful, if people uh, end up making speculative investment, they're trying to do some sort of day trading with cryptocurrency, or they're trying to mm -hmm. buy NFTs and flip them. Mm -hmm. If people do that and the market falls apart, it won't mean that blockchain or NFTs are no good. It just means that people pumped the system and took advantage of it for financial means. And then it kind of fell apart. And the mm -hmm. folks that you know got involved may get hurt. That's a big downside. So don't speculative invest. Don't speculative right. invest as a day trader with cryptocurrency unless that's what you choose to do as a profession. Don't tell the people what to do. Don't give financial advice. <laughs> and <laughs> NFTs, don't just buy NFTs to flip them. Like find artists like Josie. Find artists that you believe in, that you want to participate in what they're doing. Uh, this stuff will permeate. But the, the downsides is it's early. And so a lot of people don't have clear information, partially right. because they won't do the research, right? Yep. Just ask right. you. Google tell you. Well, per, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, but that, those downsides don't actually apply to the platform that he's talking about for the content creators. Those downsides don't apply to the concept of a content creator, somebody who's creating intellectual property the minute that they speak or perform. In the old days, you had, used to have to take a cassette and then post mail it to yourself when you didn't file it with right. like a publishing company. The creation of the NFT is like almost like an intractable, undisprovable proof of when your intellectual property was created, which is one thing, and then publicly performed in the United States. At least those laws are out there. So those downsides that he talked about actually don't apply to audio content creators with NFTs. So he okay. might have been saying like in, in cryptocurrency in general, but am I wrong? It, it doesn't, it, there's no, there's no, I can't see uh, from being, a, having a publishing company myself, I don't see any, any downside to what the platform offers to content creators other than, well, you're, it's just like uh, new, that's all. Just, mm -hmm. but that's not a downside. Is it, so, is it safe? You can protect yourself the minute profile. that you create a content. If you can produce an NFT and proof of uh, ownership, mm -hmm. you can prove your copyright. So yep. there is no downside to that. It's actually removing downsides. 
that, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's fair, but I mean, I think, I think what I'm looking at is even as an investor, you know, I mean, I think what Ian was touching on, I really, I really like that aspect because as an investor, I think about the long haul, you know, I, I, I don't think about like what's immediately happening. I, I, I buy, I'll buy something as, you know, a share or whatever, but I'm looking at the fundamentals, you know, I'm looking at the business, is, is, it, is it structurally sound, you know, uh, is, is it doing all the, all, all, the, all the things it should be doing for growth in the future? And, and I guess, Ian, you're kind of getting at, like, look at the artists, look at, you know, at, as a business, more or less, right? Are they doing the right things? Is this, is this a valuable trade in that regard? So as investors, and I'm, I'm going down this kind of perspective, or this avenue, but as investors, we should do the homework as to kind of what we're investing in, 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 in that in that person or in that artist or in that group that, that has that NFT, correct? Is that, is that kind of what you're getting at? Yep. Yes. I, I want to yeah. give you an example. M most of us, if not all of us, have children, nieces, or nephews that play Minecraft. Would that be safe mm -hmm. to say? Yeah. Now, one, of, sure, the sure. downs, one of the greatest downsides of Minecraft is that you have an entire generation that every single day are creating intellectual property that belongs to Microsoft. My children, I have two boys, 12 and eight years old. They have created for thousands of hours over the course of the last five years, entire worlds. They can't port that to another game. When they get older, they can't sell it to a younger Minecraft player that can compensate them for their time. They don't even have the legal rights to even take screenshots and post them or even do live Twitch, even though people do that. You don't even have the legal right to really actually do mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Then you think about that's the downside of a centralized system. Then you think about the upside mm -hmm. of their competitor Sandbox. Sebastian, uh, he's the founder of Sandbox, who I've gotten to know really well. And he also runs the or is part of the Blockchain Game Alliance. Now, their upside is that when my sons create worlds inside of Sandbox, that's their intellectual property. And in fact, they get to trade that property as an NFT to other players that want to skip and just get to having that amazing castle, that amazing treehouse. Yep. This, the upside is with decentralization. The downside is with where things are at. And if we really got serious about the fact that all of us have nieces, nephews, and children that currently are creating intellectual property in Minecraft, and that that's a broken system that's not serving them, and that there are alternatives that can serve them, that would be good for our kids if we care. And there's a for lot sure. of areas that Yeah, so Amazon already, or all those companies already get their subscriptions, they already get their usage, they already get their advertising money, they get all that stuff, but they're taking the they're taking whatever they want without control. There's no there's no regulation. So this is like decentralization is I think essentially at the core of what uh, attention lives messages. If I right. if I understand that right, the difference between putting power into one block that can you know flip a switch and hurt or help, which they don't normally help, but they normally hurt, um, because they have they, the the way this power structure is, they can make any decisions they want. They affect the people down rather than their. If they affect millions of people, then those millions of people have the ability to come back and inhibit what they're doing, which is in nature. That's how it's supposed to be. So I think fundamentally that's it. And so investors, if you ask that from an investment point of view, I mean, if you read Fortune magazine, you know, the uh, end of the year, you're going to see some people that are in control of lots and lots and lots of money. And it comes down to hedge fund managers. They may like some company in Korea that's doing some sort of research or AI or this or that. And then that they're, what they report affects all these other people. So I, I tend to think that investors nowadays, 
you know, I think they should stop trying to play their old games and start looking at what's best for everybody. So I think that's what he means in terms of that response for investors. Yeah. I mean, I think white paper is suggesting. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's, that's a beautiful part of it. I I really do. And I, that's, that's, that's really interesting to me. What what, what also is interesting to me is kind of like, you know, what you're kind of getting at just now was anyone has the ability to be able to like monetize in their own way. Right. So anything that someone creates at any, any point, can be monetized for themselves. So basically, if you're spending time playing a video game and you're building something in a video game, guess what? Someone else might want what you're building and be able to get to like a next level. So this is the, you're basically saying this is a new economy, right? And this is, this is the way for anyone and everyone to basically invest in themselves more or less, which is cool. It's really interesting, really, really interesting. Yeah, Joel, you can go to the six of us. Oh, so, uh, oh go I'll come back. Julia, I'd love to hear. Julia, do you got a question? I do have a question. Go ahead. I do have a question. Um, So I and everyone else here, we see the beauty of NFTs. We understand what they are. We we get it. But I have a lot of friends and family who do not get it. And a lot of the, the most common qualm that I hear is where do we draw the line? Like what, for example, memes. Like people are, can you monetize mass you know, memes that are just distributed across the internet and are meant to be enjoyed by many people. Is that something that could become an NFT or is that surpassing the line of like what the whole point of an NFT is? I guess it's like an example that I've heard, but I want to know what you, what you think and how, how would you defend NFTs to people who are skeptics when it comes to that? NFTs just remove friction, they remove the middleman. They make, they make things immediate. It's all clear cut. There's no questions. It's immutable. It's on the blockchain. Both parties, both people, the person in the organization, both organizations, they, there's an agreement that everybody has to agree to with that third-party uh, distributed ledger. It just provides speed and safety. Now, the applications should mm-hmm. uh, mean go for half a th- you know half a million dollars. <laughs> I don't really care. The market's going to do what the market's going to do. And some of these things are going to be fantastic. And they're looked upon as heroes in the story of the NFTs. And some of these things are going to be looked upon as the villains. And people will talk, you know, it is what it is. People need to do the research. And if they want to, like, engage, ideally, they engage as a content creator of some sort. Like the six of us. This, what we're doing right now, should be six different NFTs. And this is what we're automating at Attention Live over time. Right. This is so complicated. But there should be six NFTs in every word that the six of us said. The transcription and the audio file of just our words and our words alone go into the NFT. And that mm-hmm. NFT now belongs to us, not to YouTube, not to Voice Spark Live, to the individual human. And if we ever want to transfer ownership of our words to somebody, then we can do so. And if they do that again, if they sell it, then we as the content creators should get paid in perpetuity for any way mm-hmm. that that's used. Wait, I got to say something because of genetically modified food is similar or even people's fears of uh, taking uh, vaccines because that idea that somebody might stick something inside you and now own part of your DNA is the exact opposite of what he's talking about. It's the exact opposite. It's actually pushing that situation and, and what, what the NFTs do and this idea of what's hap- what he's talking about here is actually pushing against the fears that are very real, that if nobody steps up and does something about it, those fears are going to happen. I've seen plenty of stories about Pennsylvania farmers that get sued 
to have to pay to remove Monsanto uh, or whatever genetically modified corn that blew off a truck. So we're, we got some issues here in our society about doing what's right. And so I don't know. That's kind of what I'm, you know, that's what he's saying right there, that the moment that a person, his platform, attention.live, protects the individual's rights and their intellectual property with something that cannot be argued with the moment that they create it. Not only that, but it distributes it out there to people and it allows that individual to get paid for it. You want to know what my biggest hang up was for the longest time? The Borg? Borg. Close. I, mean, that <laughs> um, I was sitting there and I was going, attention live. I just don't get it. Like if it's live, how could I listen to it later? And then Ian told me, no, dude, you can like have like a playlist and it's like a radio station. It's it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I'm like, now that makes sense. Yeah. And not only that, but there's some data in his uh, in his white paper about what is it? It's 8.8 percent or eight times uh, the consumption of live content is just mm. for the market. People prefer that eight times more than recorded content. Yeah. And he's got the data. It has to be live. So here's what to understand, because we're all live right now. Yes. Mm -hmm. People don't want to be here live as much as when they watch this, that yep. it was live. Because people <laughs> want authenticity, vulnerability, transparency. They want to have somebody on your show that says something they shouldn't have said. Something new is this what they're doing. And I'm here to provide that. Saturday night. <laughs> well, I pre we appreciate that. We really do. <laughs> Here's another question for you. Where's the dragon? The dragon? Oh, I've heard I, about this, man. Yes, right. I've heard a lot about this. Okay. I want to go grab it. I want to hug it. It's very heavy. I ran out of batteries last night at the boardwalk. Oh, no. Oh, I was no. riding on the Santa Cruz Wharf last night, right on the boardwalk. <laughs> it's, like uh, it's like a Michelin star yeah. meal. This yeah. board called the one wheel, which is basically, <laughs> which is basically a motorcycle meets a skateboard. Except for when I ride it, it's like Avatar. The blue man, when he jumps on the dragon and he plugs into the dragon and it goes where he wants, that's what it's like for me. This I is like it, a prosthetic. Yes. I love it. This, we're talking about a motorcycle, a, yeah. a acceleration, pivotal control unicycle that we watched him riding around in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee through a fine uh, fine like, uh, dining area of a hotel. Just and, and I, it's amazing. What, amazing you described it that way because – I've talked to Nick and AJ multiple times, and I, I, I missed you. I missed you, project voice, but they were like basically saying he was like one with this thing. You know, it was yes. it was amazing. You know, like him like wheeling around, like wow, he's like there man. he goes. Like, wow. And occasionally, you know, you'd be occasionally talking to somebody, and then you just see people walking, but then you'd see Ian just floating floating by. And, and yeah, <laughs> it was like floating because it was very like smooth. Right. And there's so many times, like I even wrote in my blog post, I was like, this dude's going to bite it. And he never did. <laughs> he never yeah, did. Did you, did you skateboard before or was this like kind I of did. like a natural progression? Yeah, skateboarding. Okay. It's similar to skateboarding. It's similar to snowboarding. Um, it almost feels like you're snowboarding uphill. When you go up a hill, it's really mm. cool. But it it just is right. So yeah, I nice. I love that board. I actually brought the competitive product, the other one wheel to market. We had the trademark hoverboard. We owned hoverboard.com. We launched the Kickstarter, you know, with the Kickstarter folks, mm -hmm. uh, raised a bunch of money and we had our one wheel competitor, but it started off at $10,000. <laughs> and one wheel <laughs> is $1,002. So they won, plus they just did a great job. 
bringing their product to market, making it s safer than it, yep. than it could have been. So I love this board. I've been writing these things for five years. So fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's cool. Part of how he's so chill. He just, he's enjoying himself. He's cruising, man. He's cruising. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I yeah, would I, probably go crazy without that board. It makes me very zen. Just that's why he refers to like a horse. No, I've seen the other ones where it's like you're, you're, is this the one where you're like side by side? Like, is this, this is yeah, the it's kind of like a like, skateboard. Like, wherever you lean, it goes. I've seen the other ones where it's like almost like uh, you know a unis unicycle. Unicycle. You, you like both, yeah, both feet on each side. Kind of like those are fast. Forward. Yeah, you're straddling. Yeah, those yeah. What do you, have you tried those? What do you what do you think about those? Or they're like I'd like to, I'd like to try, but you know I'd really be concerned because they really lean towards speed. Where with yeah, my okay. board, it goes 20 miles an hour, but like most of the time, I'm riding it like 11. 14 right, 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 and I can out like if something were to happen I can sprint so in five years yeah, I think I've done 2,000 miles wow. I've, never had, I've never had a real crash like I've I've tumbled and done some rolls but I've run off a bunch of times but I've never right. hurt somebody I've never hurt myself I'm, and that's because I'm not on one of those things <laughs> with the wheel in the middle where you just lean faster and faster and faster yeah and faster. yeah I have a friend that I've seen, I've seen a lot of them here in the city. miles an hour on one of those. Ouch. 35? 35? Yeah, he was all padded up. It was it was for it was for using videographer. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh wow. Yeah. No, I've seen a lot of those in the city and those guys zoom. And I it's funny because I feel like half of them are delivery guys, probably trying to get to the next uh, you know, the next stop or whatever. Or they have the uh the e-bikes more or less. But I've right. definitely seen them that they are flying those guys. <laughs> so Emerson said, I'd love to hear any oh. other thoughts from you as well? Because I know we're going to run against time eventually. And I, I still want to get to know more about what your thoughts are, the things we're talking about, please. I'd actually like to pivot to VoiceCon, um, if that's all right. Yeah, and sure. I was I was wondering how it's going to work. Like, are you going to have multiple rooms with multiple speakers? Um, is there like an overarching theme? Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Great question. So the overarching theme is connection conversations, uh, context, right? Anything that we can say that starts with con. <laughs> but for real, yeah. it really is about connection. It really is about conversations. It's, it's about, about NFT technology. harvesting. Yeah. And, and NFT harvesting. <laughs> NFT har well, I think it'll be NFT uh, gendering. Ideally, yeah. we'd love to create NFTs for every single speaker. We love right. to create NFTs that can be for the audience. I weigh some very exciting ideas. You know, uh, the team at NFT.cred, who I've been working with for years on all of our development at Attention Live, we did 300,000 NFTs for consensus in May, 2019. And so it would be really cool to adopt that model and have every single person and every single organization in the voice industry say, hey, we wanna create an NFT that has some sort of value that we can just create for voicecon.live. Uh, um, but that'll be a fun thing on the side. The main thing is the content. We're going to have this event. And as far as your question on stages and things of that nature, right now we've just said it's going to be uh, Thursday and Friday. So July 29th, 9 a.m. to July 30th at 1 p.m. Eastern, or sorry, Pacific. We haven't made declarations on a lot of the details, but we can say it's going to be really a wonderful place for people that want to have a voice. Maybe they're not known and a place for people that are have a lot of responsibility on their shoulders. Right, that can come in and they're known and they're at known companies and people can all speak about this topic. So uh, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the five of you, hopefully all going to voicespark.live as well as everybody that's watching us live or that is watching the archive. Go to voicespark, sorry, 
<laughs> voice voice call. Call. Hey, it's okay. You could truly force it. Yeah, you plug us all you want. Yeah. Keep <laughs> <Good> plugging. <laughs> no, but that that's great. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a cool experience because yeah. what it's gonna do is I think it'll unleash the the power of Clubhouse. And especially with Android coming on board now, finally. Oh, uh, Android? You're putting it on Android, not the developers of Clubhouse? <laughs> uh, no, it's on Android. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's on the developers of Android, Clubhouse. They, they, they're developing natively, yeah. apparently. So, you know. Oh. It's, al it's always Android's fault. Must be Sorry, nice. AJ. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, oh, I, think, Unity? I think that I think... now whenever we have this expanded uh, uh, pool of people, to actually bring into the fold. I think it's just going to benefit everybody, really. So this you is know? the big thing that Terry, Terry and I have talked about. This is actually super important. Mm -hmm. The voice community. So Pete Erickson with all the voice things voice and Bradley with Project Voice and Brett with VoiceBot and Michael and Carol in the community at Voice Lunch and you and all the people. It is kind of a closed echo chamber. It is mm -hmm. kind of, we're all Better saying the down. same and, and, and we're having the same speakers and the same sponsors and the same attendees. And it's been that way for some time. And the weird thing about the voice industry is how important it is. Because, mm -hmm. like, literally every single cell phone, most office room, most homes, they have voice devices, whether it's a phone, a tablet, a computer, a TV, a fridge, a car. So our industry really, really matters. But yep. we still kind of are small when it comes to content consumption and creation. Clubhouse is unique in that it is social media, it is audio instead of video or written, and it has this vibrant energy around it. And with that, we have a completely new audience. And so the nice thing about VoiceCon.live that we'll be doing in the end of July is that it won't just be the same speakers and the same audience. It's going to be a whole new crop merged as a hybrid with the people yep. that are already established. And that's going to be best for everyone. So looking forward to that being a reality. For sure. Yeah, that's I a, think it'll be cool. And you what brought up a great point happen? about the echo chamber. I mean, I, I really feel like, and we, we've talked about it a great deal here at Voice Park too. It's like, we're trying to open it up to, to a lot of people that otherwise who wouldn't even get, you know, uh, attention from kind of like the, the traditional voice community, I guess, if you will, this is the smaller, smaller consortium. But yeah, no, I think it's great. I can't wait to be uh, involved and I can't wait to, to kind of, you know, Get out there and start talking about it, hopefully to a greater audience, really. Oh, I'm sorry, AJ, you I interrupted you. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say that, that he addresses that interestingly in the white paper about how COVID actually tells us that not touching things is a better way to go for safety. So actually using your voice is a safer way to get and uh, retrieve information. Sure. That's, some, there's some, that's just another example of some really interesting points in the white paper. Are you trying to reach out to people that aren't in the clubhouse community? Um, yeah. And like, okay. yeah. So, you know, I've done global digital events for the last few years. I did my first one in Twitter's uh, headquarters, 2017, uh, called Future of Tech. And that's where I first oh. had speakers talking about voice technology and NFT technology. And I've done a lot of these events. And over time, I had built kind of a digital community that would jump into these different events. And I learned how we can market across the globe uh, in some pretty fascinating ways. And when we apply this, these methods, plus all the natural ways that Clubhouse 
does marketing naturally through all the speakers, the way they do it. We apply these methods. I think we'll have a huge influx of people all around the world that are interested in voice and technology and connection and community, and they have no access to the executives at Amazon or the executives over at Google. And these are the people that will be in the audience, right? Because this is the voice community. These are the voice leaders. Mm -hmm. They want to know what's being talked about. So I think it's a really, really cool way to have the clubhouse community, the voice community, and everybody across the globe that'd be interested in this world to come and join and participate. And we have some really, really wonderful advantages in pulling this off and doing an excellent job with it. And the biggest advantage is Dr. Terry Fisher. If you're watching live, I'm loving him right now. Which I think he is. He's the man. He's the man. I I, I don't don't know how he has the energy. It's like nonstop. And he still practices medicine. As a sports that's cr- that's I know. Part. I don't know how Monday, he does it. Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, <laughs> and he's a dad and a husband. Wow. And what a man! <laughs> yeah, you know, funny Home thing about it's like a lot of if this then that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he pays for the premium version of if if this then that. No, but uh, <laughs> but seriously though, I, I every time I look at my phone, it's like. Terry Fisher started a new room talking about conversational AI. Would you like to join? And I'm like, I'm doing it with my kids right now. Time out. This is important. So time out. What just happened? So so what just happened? One thing that's just happened is Terry's been faithful. He's run a hundred or so rooms with the voice tip. Wow. And today, when the story breaks about Bev and TikTok, at Terry's room, Bev joined Clubhouse to join the room, jumped Mm -hmm. on the stage her first time ever being in Clubhouse, and yep. allowed Terry and I and her friends that are her advocates in the voiceover space and strangers to come up. She answered every question, and it's the big deal national news right now. That is the benefit of Terry's faithfulness. And it's just one of countless amazing things that will come his way because he has faithfully built a community and been there and they can count on him and he's fostered great relationships and partnerships. And so those are the great things that come. And this is the things that will come and already have come. will continue to for voice spark live. And so let me encourage you as we wrap our time, what you do matters, even though there's lots of people creating content, having conversations, there's nobody like the five of you. There's nobody like voice spark live. Only you, can interview people. What I share today, I've never said a lot of things. I'll never say them again because you bring the gold out in the people that you interview based on the things that you're interested in. But there's yep. other people that are watching live or see the archive. Like I was interested in that too. And now they got to hear this conversation that we have. And so all of us are very, very important as we build this community around voice and technology. Thank you. Cool. So as we Eat, do, Nick, you don't have a, to worry. What's that? I don't. So as we do get to about fifty-five minutes, special. I, well, thanks, thanks, AJ. <laughs> makes that makes me feel special. So as we get to minute fifty-five, I'd like to go ahead and give uh, final questions to Ian. Ben, go ahead. We'll start on the oh. bottom of the screen. Final question. Um, yeah, I mean. Uh, you put me on the spot here because I think Ian's definitely answered a lot of my questions uh, along the way as a, as a novice investor in NFTs. Um, you know, if, if there's any last thing that you could say, um, and I actually haven't asked this in a while, what would you ask the voice community? What would be a question or, or something that you would want to put out there to the voice community that you want to learn about or you don't know about? I'm always going to lead toward asking about the future. 
So if I could ask any person or organization or group of people, I am 100% going to ask them about the future because mm -hmm. human beings are different than animals in a lot of ways. But the biggest way that we can track is that we have vision, we have dreams, mm -hmm. we have desires to build something, to see something better for humanity. And so that's why when I have a chance to ask a question, I will ask a question about the future that's a positive question. Like, tell me the great things that can happen with voice tech. Tell me the amazing things that will happen with voice spark live to, because then people start to speak and then their actions will follow. And that's what type of question I would ask. Cool. Cool. Great. Julia, over to you. Yes. Um, my question is a year from now, where will NFTs be? Probably it'll be after a crash. We'll probably have a crash with some of the bloated NFTs that have been purchased. Uh, we'll probably have automated systems, you know, so that enterprises and SMBs and individual people can go in and actually make something happen with NFTs. And it will no longer be seen as a collectible uh, vehicle, just a vehicle to, for collectible transaction like art and sports cards. It'll be seen as a vehicle to remove friction, remove middlemen and automate the process that's completely trustworthy, immutable, that the fact that all these things can this is a very, very positive future, and it doesn't have to wait 25 years for NFTs. I think we'll find a lot of progress in a year, but it probably will be post a financial difficulty, but the tech will really be adopted widely. I'm very, very excited about NFT NYC happening in October, which is the third year that we've run this event, and we expect a couple thousand people to come to that. I think by October, we're going to have some really, really wonderful developments in the NFT space. Thanks for asking that question. Awesome. Then we got a Thanks. comment from Nigel down here. Uh, I believe the biggest upside of NFTs is future value based on token uh, tokenized events, uh, concerts, and resell for multi-year events that have a proven mm. track record. So that is uh, that's what Nigel has to say. AJ, do you break dance? I would try for you. But I can't say it's something I've tried before. <laughs> nice. And that just shows you how much of a nice guy he is. He's never done it, but he's going to try. And he could break stuff. Sounds like fun. I danced today, actually. Did I did. Right here in this spot, I dance from time to time. I just start yeah. jumping up and down like a little bit. I just start. I start. I just. I was listening to my friends at Bethel and I was just throwing my hands around. I was jumping up and down and getting my blood flowing. And it was just in between meetings. It was fantastic. Just to nice. be like a little, just to be like a child. That's good. Emily. What's your favorite thing? Uh, what's your favorite part about uh, being in the voice space? Ooh. I could answer that a lot of ways. <laughs> It's where I'm supposed to be. That's what I like most about it. And I it love just feels right. It's where I'm supposed to be. Well, so you can dress anywhere you want. better than all the other things I could say about it. The people are the best and the technology is incredible. And this is where it's going in the future. I mean, it's where I'm supposed to be and I'm being faithful to that. So that's my answer. Great. Nice. So I have a final question for you. It's hard hitting. I mean, it's, I mean, this is like 60 minutes caliber. I'm ready for it. Have you subscribed to Voice Spark Alexa and more on YouTube? Of course. Nice. How could I not? <laughs> <laughs> the moment I found out about Voice Spark, smash that subscribe button. 
<laughs> yep, and uh, ring the bell for notifications. So, so hey, Ian, uh, what we're going to do now is uh, thanks again for coming on our show. What we're going to do now is bounce you out real quick, say a couple nice words about you. If you can, stay back behind stage. Uh, we'll come back to you, and we're just going to close out the show. Okay, wait, hold on. Kona wants to say hi. This is the doggy. Oh. She, just, oh. she just wanted oh. to say hello. Oh, <laughs> dog. How old? Eight years old. Oh. The greatest animal I've ever spent time with in my life. <laughs> Dude, I got one that's 15 right beside me. Oh, She's wow. a trooper, man. She keeps fighting every day. All right. So we will be back with you in a moment. Okay. See you Thank soon. you. Thank you so much. All right, so that was really cool, and I'm so happy that it actually like worked. I was really worried that we would have too much going He's on. He's really like that in real life too. It's a good show. So we sat with uh, Nick and I for about an hour. Oh, it was great. Super engaging, super friendly. He, yep. he can handle any question you give him. You throw Nick likes to throw curveballs. <laughs> Hashtag charisma. Yeah. Look it up in the dictionary. Ian Utilly. So with that being said, so with that being said, next week uh, we will have on Hunter Kurgan, uh, who is the CEO and founder of Voiced, which is a platform. And I will not be here next week because I will be prepping for my retirement ceremony. So uh, it will be one of the fantastic four that I am on the screen with that will be interviewing Hunter. So uh, make sure you uh, tune in. Same bat time, same bat channel. Does anybody else have anything for the uh, for the community before we take off? No. You're doing good work. All right. You're doing great work. Oh, thank me. Yes. AJ. Yeah, man. Thanks, AJ. You're a dragon. God, you went make, dragon. make a big yeah. blush. You're a dragon, man. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.